host of the Apocalypse. I'm Ben and I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. And Claire. Hey. I'm starting a little mini-series. It's my pick for the episode. Yeah. I'm going to do some UFO UK stuff. Right. And that's what this photo is, British UFO signs. So the listener will figure out which ones I'm going to talk about because they won't be included on this list, which is like a bit of an introduction to show that we have a storied UFO spotting tradition in this country and it's not all just America where stuff happens. Yeah, we're just as bad shit insane. Yeah, of course we are. We see loads of shit. We got crop circles. We got loads of crop circles. Especially in Shropshire. Mm. They're a hot spot. Yeah, so when it's my pick, the topic will the next few weeks it'll be something about the, a British UFO site and building up to the, the biggie and the listener will probably figure out what that is because I won't mention it in the preceding weeks so that if you want to have a chat about that on our Facebook page, if, you know, if you're that excited about it, feel free. Follow yeah, us on Facebook yeah. too, that'd be nice. We post memes, lots of good memes. <laughs> so let's thank some new and returning listeners. Where should we start from? The Bronx, New York, Salt Lake City, Utah, Birmingham in the United Kingdom, Bristol, Pennsylvania, yeah, yeah? Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. I always say like that from The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Budapest in Hungary, Frankfurt and Maine in Germany, Portland, Oregon, Derby in the UK, Blackburn in the United yeah. Kingdom, yay, Blackburn Rovers, finest team in the land, Lynn Lithgow, never heard of that place, Gulf Some Breeze, Scotland, uh, Gulf Breeze, Florida, and there's some famous UFO sightings in Gulf Breeze, I don't know that much. Benjavik, how did you say Reykjavik? Reykjavik. 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 Oh, Reykjavik. <laughs> <laughs> in Iceland, Dallas, Texas, Rector, damn near killed her. <laughs> Boardman, Oregon, Richland, Washington, yeah. Bengaluru, and your Tel Aviv in Israel, or someone's bored in their shelter. Let's see, find out. Oh, is there? Alright, oh, okay. Were you bored in your shelter? Let us know. Cumming, Georgia, Lloydminster, Canada, Telford, our hometown in the United Kingdom, and Rochester, New York. Shady Nasty's dropped off the map completely. Yeah, ever yeah. since I said that they were a serial killer, they never listened to <laughs> <laughs> Are they joking? You're probably not a serial killer. They're not listening, man, they don't know. Uh, yeah. oh, Maybe they are a serial killer. Maybe they got fed up with mispronouncing their own name. Unless that person has moved to Rochester. Rochester. Maybe. New York. Yeah, it's still New York. If that's true, then watch out Rochester's as a new serial killer in town. <laughs> Thank you to all our listeners, wherever you may be. It's much appreciated and it fuels our own tragic egos. <laughs> Alright then, let's start. The Deckmont Woods Encounter. This is actually a strange one. There's physical evidence, there's an encounter, a man got his trousers ripped. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so a man got raped on the moors <laughs> and tried to play out an alien. No. Oh, okay. On November 9th, 1979, a 60-year-old forestry worker named Robert Taylor was walking his dog through Deckmont Woods in Scotland. The walk was uneventful at first, and the night sounds their only company on the trail, until he came across a clearing that contained a metal craft. <laughs> the Just cra- straight into it. <laughs> metal craft? The craft was hovering above the ground when he came upon it, and two smaller metal objects sprang from the larger craft and clung to his legs. Fuck. 
Shocked and unable to move, the smaller objects began dragging Robert towards a large craft which still hovered nearby. He could feel his awareness beginning to slip before he succumbed to unconsciousness. Succumbed to unconsciousness. The last thing he recalled was a stinging, heady smell and the loud humming or hissing sound. Heady smell. Shut himself. <laughs> <laughs> I would have too. Well, again. By Robert's count, he was out for about 20 How minutes. How do you know? He doesn't know. He's just, maybe he's got a watch. I don't oh, know. Maybe. Thoroughly freaked out, and who wouldn't be, Robert slowly shambled his way back to his truck, but his truck refused to start. So in a string of bad luck that seemed to be never-ending, Robert was forced to walk the mile back to his house, aching, confused, and probably more than a bit terrified. Best if he had shot himself. <laughs> Upon seeing Robert, his wife immediately called the police, based on his state, dishevelled, torn trousers, shallow cuts on his legs and face, and they began investigating the situation as an assault. Their minds would soon shift away from that based on Robert's story and what they found in the clearing. We'll get to that in a second. This Robert is not your usual crackpot. He is a, um, a devout Christian churchgoer and a war hero. We salute you, Robert, even though you're probably dead now. Probably a little bit of shrapnel in his brain, probably. Are you saying one of Britain's <laughs> beloved war veterans would lie about being encountered uh, an, an abduction by aliens, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's quite possible, isn't it? Let's have a listen to what he has to say. Right, so let's take a moment to describe the craft that Robert claims to have encountered that day. It was spherical with porthole windows and a ledge around its middle. Small sections of railing rose from the ledge intermittently all around its circumference. And the smaller objects are also spheres and had poles or spikes protruding from their surfaces. When these smaller objects were deployed, the bottom half of the metal sphere opened to let them out. All of the objects appeared to be made of some kind of dark metal. It was not brightly shining like other UFO craft we hear about. So as stated earlier, the police took this incident seriously, as you would. This noted war hero and devout member of the Christian faith community in the town has come back from the woods looking like he's been beaten up. With his trousers, and someone's ripped his trousers. He's not just tripped on the way home. No. <laughs> of course he didn't. He's obviously an alien craft club. Why was the dog? Well, actually, the dog's okay. Uh, I don't know. There's no mention of the dog after this. Maybe they took the dog. Mm. Maybe he raped and bummed the dog to death and <laughs> blamed on aliens. Mm. Well, there is evidence. <laughs> <laughs> There's evidence that he bummed the dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? <laughs> that explains the scratches and the ripped trousers. Yeah. yeah. So they took Robert's statement, searched the woods taking note of any evidence that aligned with Robert's story. And there were two pieces of note. First, the clearing that Robert stated he encountered the ships in bore deep marks. They did not appear to have a point of entry or exit in the clearing, meaning they were not the result of something being dragged or driven in and out of the clearing. So there's no tracks, no trails. Okay. So that's the feet of the craft. Yep. Right, okay. The marks themselves are described to be 32 holes, that were 3.5 inches deep 
along with some markings that bore similarities to those of a continuous track, such as those found on conduction vehicles, but nothing's left. Continuous track means like... Like, like a caterpillar track. tracks. Yeah, yeah tan tracks. Like you like you got a digger, but nothing's left. Mm -hmm. Helicopter uh, could have winched one. <laughs> it's a possibility. I think he might have noticed a helicopter, though. It could have been winched in one place or another. Pilot had to land it to refuel in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and took off again. Well, the second piece of evidence was the trousers I was wearing at the time of the encounter. They were ripped and examination material showed that the gesture to rip them would have had to be sharp and upwards in direction. So collaborating his event, they just grabbed him and ripped up. Mm. The police discarded the assault theory, believing that many believing that uh, Robert had truly faced off an extraterrestrial craft and lived to tell. Others were sceptical and various attempts to debunk the sightings have occurred. Sceptics cite celestial phenomena such as the planet Venus. <laughs> yeah. No. Clearly not. That's not going to explain the rip trails. No. Others suggest a physical or mental ailment could have caused Robert to hallucinate the encounter entirely. Swamp gas. Swamp gas. The, um, the police, what well, doesn't say in this article, Mm -hmm. In an article I read earlier, is that the indentations were many tons. It would have taken many tons to drive, and they worked that out from the weight, the depth, and stuff like that. The police mm -hmm. said it would have been sort of about three tons, I think they said. Okay. So you've got physical evidence of a landing, and you've got this terrified bloke in his ripped trousers, and a missing dog. Oh, the dog went missing? Well, I've no idea, but it's not mentioned again, uh, is it? Yeah. It's the only UFO case in this country to have ever been investigated by the police. Mm. And what did they conclude, the police? Well, I suppose that it's, it's an, an, an unopened case, isn't it, basically? It's uh, it's in the, what do you call it, K-File? The unsolved? Unsolved, yeah. Longer than 97% of all the other crimes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a figure we come across, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. The police solve about 3% of crimes or something? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Mm. Yeah, so they investigated this, but it's meanwhile someone was getting mugged. Right, well, that's an I don't know, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a bit, there's not a lot to go on. It's well, you, a, you've got, obviously, this guy, is, is, you, you'd argue, is, is fairly reliable, unless he was had some post-traumatic stress disorder. Maybe. Um, but then you've got the physical evidence, the physical indentations in the ground, and nothing's left. I mean, it's, I like your dropping it off by helicopter just to refuel it for a bit <laughs> in the middle of nowhere theory, but it's unlikely, isn't it? Probably more likely than... Uh, is it, though? Is it, though, Claire? But Do you think... There's, there's got to be something out there. You know, we keep on saying it over and over, don't we? You know, that there's that many people reporting it. It only takes that 1% to be... Oh, it only takes one out of the millions. Yeah, it's true, but is this the one this out of the, the million? That's what we're gonna... It's seen as being up there as as a genuine encounter. Whether or not it was, I mean, we don't know. There's aliens there. Do they some... know that the the clearing was definitely not disturbed? I mean, it could have just been the machines that cut down trees, don't they? Could have been some know, wood chipper or something. It could have been anything. Yeah, but the police are literally going, okay, well, yeah, about well, these indentations in the ground. It, yeah. would have, it would have taken something that weighed a lot of, like, 
tons to put yeah, them in. That's you see it. What yeah. Wait, wait, but then nothing's left. They know it's the ground to be churned up, wouldn't it? These things are a circular thing. Well, maybe it was. Maybe it was on the back of a dump truck. <laughs> 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 the truck's still got to go in and out. Yeah, but that's wheeled, isn't it? So maybe. There's nothing left and nothing around. There was no tracks. All the tracks are just in the clearing and nothing to either side. Or maybe it had been a few weeks and the growth had grown back. But yeah, but the, think of the time scale. He's, he stumbled home, right? And that, his wife's called the police. Yeah. They've taken his statement and then they've gone, okay, then we're going to go and have a look, haven't we? So they've gone out there like either that day or the next. Mm. Probably the same day, probably straight after leaving him. He could have been confused. He could have seen it a few weeks ago and then ripped his trousers, fell over and knocked his head. <laughs> I and think then, that's, oh, that's... it happened tonight. It didn't... That's stretching. So, so, so he did see something then? Yeah. <laughs> the tree felling machine or the wood chipper that was there? Nah, I'm sorry. You're clutching straws. <laughs> so it's terrible. I think it's, in this scenario, it's more likely he did actually get <laughs> assaulted by by weird pro-alien probes. And why did they just attack his legs and then... He f- he fell unconscious, then what, it disappeared, everything had gone? Well, he obviously did what they did, they ripped his trousers, examined him, and then uh, fired back up, didn't they? This sounds like some kind of a probe to me, I don't think this was like manned as such, I think this is like an autonomous thing. Oh, yeah, they... it, was after, look, it was on a global search of the universe for denim trousers. I don't know, <laughs> what's it looking for? It's, look, it's just examining what's there, isn't it? They, they could have inserted yeah. anything, couldn't they? Any piece of technology that you, you know, you wouldn't know unless he had a, a scan. He'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be super paranoid, he wouldn't need to go to the doctor. <laughs> go, right, you've got to give me a scan after this. Scan, scan my head. Scan everything. Yeah. I've got an alien baby inside me. <laughs> I think it carries some weight, this one. I think it, it's got the physical evidence. You've got a guy that is reasonably sane, as an upstanding well, no, member of his again, community. It's just witness testimony in it, and it's one person. You well, know, it's not multiple people that collaborate the story. It I is, don't know, it's, it's weird. It is. It's weird. The physical evidence speaks a lot. Mm. Probably forever be unsolved, to be fair. Yeah, of course, but it's aliens, aren't it? Okay, next one. Yeah, the Falkirk Triangle. Lot, Scotland has a lot of UFO activity, but in the Falkirk Triangle, they are literally seeing about three hundred a year. Seeing one a day. Yeah. But to be fair, that's what the Navy pilots have been saying, aren't they? That's it. They've been seeing like one a day. And for some reason, this little Scottish town called Falkirk in the centre of Scotland, bordered by the M9, M8, and M80 motorways, has become known in some quarters as a UFO hotspot. I mean, the small town of Bonnybridge has got a population of 6,800. And they, you know, these people are getting chased by UFOs. In their cars. Anyway, 300. It's, it's got to the point now where they're seeing so many of these things that the councillor, Billy Buchanan, has become so concerned at the report, he's appealed to three prime ministers, Cameron, Blair and Major, to order an urgent investigation, although the Ministry of Defence say they are satisfied there is no evidence the United Kingdom's airspace might have been compromised. Of course, they're not going to be, are they going to say that? They're not going to say that, no. Yeah, so like, a couple of examples. So 1979, Far Easter worker Bob Taylor reported seeing a That's huge... what we just had. Yeah, no. No, it's not. It is. No. It is Bob Taylor. Oh, yeah. The last so... guy, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Robert, of course. Boom. <laughs> Edit that out. 
<laughs> leave that in. Make you look alright, Wally. <laughs> Isabella Slogger uh, of the town meeting said, uh, My daughter Carol and I saw a UFO land right in front of us. A door opened and there was a howl like sound. I screamed and ran off terrified. So, yeah, he's campaigned for the town to be twinned with Roswell. He also plans to build a multi million pound UFO theme park to increase oh, tourism hell, in an area with high levels of deprivation and post industrial malaise. He wants to make a quick book. He's going to have to cash in on it. He wants a lot yeah. less, doesn't he? Exactly. So now he's got a motive now to believe in it. Yeah, I agree with that. The second anyone starts putting this out for profit, is like, well, yeah, all right. It might be a UFO hotspot. A lot of people are seeing a lot of things in the sky that they can't explain. But 300, so let's say that 299 of them are probably just stuff they don't recognise. Mm. And... If the British military is going to have secret bases to conduct, you know, tests on its new aircraft, they're probably going to be in Scotland because it's a bit remote. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a barren wasteland, that's what. Yeah, effectively, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it always rains. But yeah, that, that's the little Falkirk triangle, that's worth noticing. There's a little quick one to throw in. Well, wouldn't you, you know, if there's been 300 sightings, wouldn't you just always wear like a body camera. Mm-hmm. Everybody in, you know, in the, the the triangle should wear a body camera and uh, see if they could get some definitive evidence. Yeah, you'd also probably encounter people committing a lot of crime as well. Mm-hmm. There may not be anyone left in Bonnie Bridge by the end of a three-week period. I don't know. They've been there. But yeah, um, should we go to the next one? Sounds Bonnie though. It does. <laughs> Alright, so the A70 incident, the Scottish one. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff goes on in Scotland. Ministry of Defence took this abduction so seriously they investigated it, filing an official report. Mm. So, it's 27th of August 1992, a little after 11.30pm. An ambulance technician, Gary Wood, and his friend Colin Wright are driving along the A70 between Edinburgh and Torbrax, which is a little village in South Lanarkshire in Scotland. It's a fairly straightforward journey, you can do it in 30 minutes. And the pair were just popping around to the village to drop off a satellite system to their pal. 11.30 at night, you drop it off a satellite system? It's drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Gary was driving, reportedly driving at 40 miles an hour and there was a little traffic around. The car had just passed Harperig Reservoir when Gary and Colin saw a two-tiered dish-shaped object hovering 20 feet over the road, and it definitely wasn't an aircraft or helicopter. Terrified, Gary put his foot down and sped past, sped under the object, using his elbow to lock the doors. <laughs> so if it's 40 miles an hour, it says something. Besides, mm-hmm. I can stop and turn around, or I can just fucking speed up and go under this motherfucker. <laughs> Elbows down on the fucking lock of the door. <laughs> What a badass. <laughs> <laughs> the object emitted a silver shimmering mist as it touched the car and both men were enveloped in total darkness. Okay, probably wasn't the wisest choice then. <laughs> probably best to stop and turn around. Oh, a bit of a rubbernecker, aren't right? you? Like, Screeching up like, hey! What's all this? You alien fuckers, come down here so I can punch you and say welcome to Earth. Well, I'd flash my lights on it. Oh yeah, I think it's laser blast you. <laughs> Don't be the welcome way. Get out the way, you've got your main beams on. 
Maybe the aliens are the mist. They're in the mist. Aliens in the mist? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? What seemed to be a second later, the pair regained their sight. Gary still driving like a madman was fighting hard to control the car, but managed to. Surprising blind. We should drive him blind for God knows how long. <laughs> well, only. Well, Mike. Oh, a second later. Sorry. Mike, lots of people drive when they can't see. Dominic Cummings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael Gove. Oh. <laughs> they, they can't see. They stop in the car to test their eyesight. <laughs> Perfectly normal thing to do. I have loved that this week, Dominic Cummings. Coming out and saying all that shit about Boris. It's been fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Nothing will happen. No, 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 nothing will happen, but it's been fun nonetheless. So, reaching their destination, Gary recalls frantically banging on the door of his friend's house. The friend was concerned on answering as the pair were 90 minutes late with his drugs. 1 a.m. now. Yeah. What happened in this unaccounted time? They only felt like they blacked out for a second. They left to return to Edinburgh, taking a different route home, but Gary had the feeling something else had happened. <laughs> I can guess what happened. <laughs> Soon after Deep he came to he was bothered by strange dreams. He developed <laughs> severe headaches and even had a CAT scan, but nothing unusual was found. After suspecting something had gone awry, the pair turned to hypnosis to see what happened, to see if there was something lodged in their subconscious that could provide them with the truth. Now, Helen Waters is a qualified hypnotherapist and psychic. Oh. I don't know how you become a qualified psychic. <laughs> she was calling to help to get to the bottom of the mystery through hypnotic regression. During his first session, Gary burst into tears and was distraught, but Colin remained calm. Oh, well, we know who did the date rape. <laughs> Colin, you shady bastard. <laughs> Over the course of several weeks, Gary recalled seeing vague shapes while both men's bodies jolted as they recalled the encounter. Both men stated the car was stopped, after which the doors were opened by three small entities. Colin was led up a ramp into the object where he found himself in a round room with a curved chair. He was stripped naked and placed on the chair, where a medical examination was conducted on him. Gary remembers being taken to a round room with a raised table, and he too was stripped and placed on the table. They both came out of their encounter with scars which previously were not there, which further added to the mystery. Mm. Both men have never changed their stories and have even passed a lie detector test on TV. Mm. Once classified documents released by the British government in 2012 revealed that the Ministry of Defence had taken the, um, quote, abduction so seriously they investigated it, finding an official report. Hmm, I wonder if that's like available. Yeah, have been, yeah, they've been declassified, haven't they? Mm, declassified, uh, but highly redacted. Yeah. A lot of it. And that, what's his name, Nick? Nick Pope. Yeah, Nick Pope. He was sort of the head guy that sort of collects all this stuff. We should point out actually that Nick Pope is like probably the British the British UFO investigator yeah. because he worked literally that was his job with the MOD yeah. he was a real life fox murder he said that 99% of them are explainable 1% or so aren't might be more than 1% might be like 3% or something but he said there's one which really he thought was really sort of like is it the missing photo yeah got it later on oh have you yeah I know it's the missing photo but he says it got incinerated by mistake. Yeah, it was accidentally just... We'll, we'll, get, don't okay, worry, we'll, yeah. we'll get to it. It's, it's my last one. Because okay. it's probably... 
the strongest one. Yeah, that's what he says. He says it's the strongest case he's seen, and the evidence got burnt in this incinerator. That's dodgy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I Prestwick Airport. This is a quickie. Sightings have been reported. They're calling it air because it's air in Scotland. They're calling it Area Fifty One. <laughs> I like it. For the listener, how do you spell air? Uh, air is spelled A Y R. It's Scottish. Falkirk Airport, basically, Prestwick Airport, sorry. But it's trapped a UFO on radar. The RAF turned up and took over the case. Okay. And investigated it. And the UFO was caught on radar? It was caught on radar, radar tracking, yeah. Yeah. No sighting, no physical sightings were caught on radar. Okay. And the MOD said, no, no, nothing, nothing got him. We'd know. Nothing compromised our airspace. But he clearly did. He clearly did. They're out on radar. All right, okay. Which is a lot of UFO sightings do occur on mm. radar, and then it's backed up by pilot confirmation. In this case, it wasn't, mm. but they, they had it on radar. Could it have been a bird? Uh, a big the birds get caught. Well, they tracked a fast-moving and unexplained UFO on the which sparked a flurry of activity. The RAF air defence staff launched an urgent investigation and impounded the radar tapes. So we'll never get to see them. Nope. But there was only radar evidence. Although there was an eyewitness, a member of the public, wrote to the Ministry of Defence to report an object harassing a plane near Prestwick Airport. Oh, right. Then again, the pilot didn't report it, unless he did, and there was only impressive. This was four years later. Yeah. The eyewitness says they saw a fluorescent green UFO saucer shaped, came within uh, 50 feet away from the plane. Right. But yeah, that's the main one, is the, the radar tapes. Mm. A lot of UFO sightings have radar tapes. Yeah, Could it be a flock of birds, could it? It depends what it's doing on the radar, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if it's moving at like 2,000 miles an hour <laughs> and rapidly changing direction, then... It ain't Canadian geese. It's yeah. not Canadian geese, it's something else. I mean, but that's well, the radar doesn't give you like this beautiful holographic projection. It's just a blip doing random shit on the screen, isn't it? Mm. I don't know if radar can pick up things like that. It will pick up flocks of geese, yeah. I mean, radar operators have nearly launched nuclear weapons because a flock of geese was thought to be an incoming ICBM. Oh, there's a there's an well, episode. The times that we've nearly gone to nuclear war over mishaps. We sort of mentioned it in the Threads episode, didn't we? Yeah, we do. But only briefly. The interest we want to look at, actually, in the future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was that one. Just um, impounded radar tapes, a bit dodgy, innit? Yeah. yeah. Here's the most famous local one for you. Okay. The RAF Cosford incident. Mm. What year was this? 1993, Yeah, this, this ties in about the same time that I saw, probably saw my UFO. If it was a UFO, well, it, it was an identified flying object, didn't it? Yeah. Tell us your story, Mike. Well, I've told it before. I was just playing computer with a mate. I got up and I looked out the window and there was something purple hovering over the trees. And it just sort of like, just shot up. Dead fast. Now... Like a purple blob, I can't really remember, but was it because I've been playing on the computer for hours and you know I was seeing things, or did I see something? But it was about that time, I was about that age, about 11, 12, mm. when it happened, yeah. Yeah, so this is RAF Cosford, which isn't a massive military base. I mean, the runway is so so small it can't take fast jets, it's a, it's a training base nowadays. Dead close to where we live, but it's very close to where we live, and it's probably uh, Shropshire's. Most famous UFO sighting. 
In, so in 1993, an MOD police patrol reported a large triangular craft over the Midlands airbase, which fired a beam at the ground before speeding off. One of a dozen UFOs reported flying at speed over the skies of Britain at the same time. So actually, Mike, your sighting, if it's, let's say that it is 1993 and around your, this time. But at the same time. A lot of people saw something in the sky that mm -hmm. night. So maybe you weren't alone. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about this until years after. I mean, you know, it sounds about the, I was about the right age, about 11, 12, something like that. So Nick Pope, who we mentioned earlier, who ran the MOD's UFO project, believes the high-profile event, dubbed the Cosford Incident, formed part of the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Programme, which is ATIP, which the Pentagon was, been, was running. So the Pentagon looked at this and went, ooh, what to do if I a beam at the ground? Mm. Interesting uh, coincidence with Rendlesham, uh, the Rendlesham Forest incident, because the, the UFO was spotted over the base, and that was a nuclear weapon storage facility, Rendlesham Forest, one of those secure places in NATO, and that fired a beam to the ground as well. Uh -huh. So are they looking for nuclear weapons? Well, there's been a lot of reports of nuclear weapons turning on and off, hasn't there? There has, and aliens interfering directly with well, command and control of well, no. strange craft hovering over, yeah. and then the, the guys inside finding that their equipment has gone That's a scooter going past, listener. Sorry, found that their equipment has gone faulty. Yeah, nuclear nuclear weapons turning on and off again. It's gonna freak you out, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, especially nuclear weapons. Yeah. You don't want them launching. Like literally, these things were gearing up to launch, and then they just shut down. Make you yeah. think. It does. It's, it's unnerving. It's, it is a Yes, that's exactly the word I choose for it. It's unnerving. Of course, um, if it is aliens and they can just set off our nuclear weapons at will and we can't stop them, then they could just make us destroy ourselves. I mean, you wouldn't need to do anything. You wouldn't need to invade, invade would you? No. You just pull up, make them fire off all their nukes. Yeah. And then just go down and clear out what's left. Mop up the survivors. Yeah. Well, this one We've also got a wasted planet at that point too, haven't you? Yeah, but... It, and we're the only planet in this region of the solar system that we know about that's got life and a diversity of life and, and, yeah, and natural resources. Yeah, 200 years. Oh, yeah, but the whole way 200 years, they want us intact, they want the resources. What if the aliens can live for thousands of years? But what if they can't? What if they're a dying race? Well, what if they're us in the future? Well, then they wouldn't do that then, would they? I'm just putting up a, a fucking theory as to why they might. I don't, they're I don't think they're going to want to pillage us. Of course they do. It's, it's what we've always done, isn't it? Well, that, you know, maybe they want to come and teach us this. Oh, well, go on. Okay, yeah. the Intergalactic Council of Light <laughs> with Vrillian and Vrilly Boy, the, the, the space hippies, they might do, but you can guarantee, I will guarantee you one thing, right, as, as an amateur UFO investigator, very amateur, that if we did make a deal with aliens at any point, it wasn't the nice ones. It was the ones who would give us the most for shady reasons. Like if Vrillian and the Galactic Council like turn up and go, hey, yeah, we'll give you all this tech, but you've got to get rid of your nukes, man. You've got to disarm. We don't have that. You know, you know stop being so, such a violent species. We'll, we'll educate you. And they've gone, mm, okay, we'll think about it. And then, like, the greys turn up, 
And they're like, yeah, I guess let us abduct like 400 people a year and do weird experiments on them. And we'll give you all this awesome, awesome tech shit. Well, that's which is more that, advanced than what they're going to give you. Yeah, but that's assuming that we've met with them and I'm not ready to, I'm ready to go on that road. Yeah, but would, which one would you bet on that the Earth government would take? Oh, yeah, give up the nukes cool. and have eternal peace and happiness or don't give up the nukes, let so many people get experimented on and then and book get better stuff. Of course. We know the psychopaths that run the world. Of course they're going to choose that one. It depends who, who they're talking to, isn't it, really? Yeah. I don't believe that they probably are. I mean, it's a bit far-fetched. Need some evidence for that, but... I'm just saying. I'm, I'm happy to believe that it's possible there might be alien drones, and because that's what we do, isn't it? We send drones to other, to Mars and shit and other planets. Yeah, probes and uh, little yeah. robots. So this was March 31st around 1.15am, MOD officers reported a vast triangular shaped craft flying at about 200 feet. It made a low humming noise and fired a beam of light which swept the ground, left trails of luminous vapour and sped off in a southeast direction. Most eyewitnesses described the craft as having two white lights, but some said there was a third giving an impression the object was in fact triangular. In his report at the time, Mr Pope said there was a UFO of unknown origin operating in the UK airspace without showing up on radar. So I don't know who would... I'm guessing that's to do with sighting mm. collaborations and things like that. And how high have you got to be to get go on radar, you know? Yeah, 200 feet is probably below radar. Yeah, I'm not sure what that threshold is. I've seen it on the films, we're flying below the radar, you know? Yeah. Know what the threshold mm. is. So, yes, there's the Cosford incident. Mm. That's our home, nearly our hometown. Which so, you maybe you did see something like. Maybe. It's got more than one witness as well, because there's witnesses, mm. isn't it? So. There's a lot of people at and Yeah. Stuff. There's a lot of sightings that night, apparently, so mm. it's. Something was buzzing around the UK, mm. but what's it firing that beam at the ground for? You know, it's Cosford, it, it, you know, maybe it was seen if it's, you know, a shady operation. Or yeah. I mean, for all so we, we, know, we, we don't know, do we? No, it could for, could be just a front, couldn't it? Well, that's it for all we know. Because like, you've got them big round, uh, the big hangars that are covered in grass at Cosford, aren't you? Yeah. For all we know, they go like deep underground, the runway is extended underneath. And that's where we are, firing our, if we were to launch a, a nuclear strike on somebody, that's where bombers would fly from. In these underground silos that we all think is a perfectly harmless training base. Mm. It could have just been collecting a soil sample. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. That crackling you can hear, so listeners, just to the show cat making his presence known by scratching the side of Mike's chair. <laughs> oh shit. Alright, so let's move on to the next one, which is Ilkley Moor. Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah. Yorkshire, part of Rombord's Moor, which stretches from Ilkley to Kylie. The area is known for providing the inspiration for the Yorkshire anthem. On Ilkamore Barat. I have no idea if that translates. The Yorkshire Anthem? Apparently, yeah, the Yorkshire Anthem. On Ilkamore Batat. Never fucking heard of it. Neither have I. So the area has changed a little over the centuries. But almost 30 years ago, Ilkamore has found itself at the centre of an alien investigation. On the morning of December 1st, 1987, retired policeman Philip Spencer was walking across the moor, heading for his father-in-law's home. 
He'd taken his camera in the hope of catching some images of the early morning light. In fact, the photographs he took that day would end up in the world's press. Using a compass to navigate through the fog, Spencer said he came across a strange-looking being. Hurriedly taking a picture of the creature when it ran away, he decided to follow it and claimed to have caught a glimpse of a craft with a dome top rising from the moor and disappearing into the sky. Spencer said he imagined this whole incident taking no longer than a few minutes, but when he reached his destination, the village clock was an hour ahead of time, with many UFO experts believing he had in fact been the victim of alien abduction. Never go wandering about on the moors at night in the mist. You're asking for fucking trouble. He's navigating by compass. I don't give a shit if he's navigating by fucking the stars. <laughs> you can't see the stars. <laughs> It's foggy. Yeah, foggy. You can still see up, can't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> the photograph Spencer took, although slightly blurred, appeared to have shown a four-foot alien creature. Analysis of the images concluded the figure hadn't been superimposed and it bore no resemblance to any native wildlife. Ooh. For some reason, the picture's not on the article. No. We'll have a look at it. I think I know, I know, well I know which one it is, but just for you two to look at. It's definitely something, it's grainy, it's blurred, or there's something there. There is an outline, isn't there, of something unhuman. Yeah. It's so blurry, you can't tell, I mean. Looks like a grey. What year did he take this photograph? 1987. Looks like it was taken in fucking 1937. Uh, doesn't it? Yeah, but what's your average 1987? What's your average camera? Better than that. I've got pictures of my holiday and shit in the 80s. I was a kid. Yeah, it's true, yeah. I mean, I know it was foggy and you're on the moor but at night, but really bad picture. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Looks like there's something there, but it could be his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> his cousin Earl. Yeah. He looks a bit gangly. A, I thought it could be a like, shadowy bush. You are on the moors, you know. A shadowy bush. Yeah, a shadowy bush. Could have been. What do you account for the alien, with the UFO sighting after? The craft. The only he saw in all fairness. Exactly. Retired yeah. policeman. It's possible. Nah. 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 Okay. All right. Go to the next one. Berkshire. UFO sightings. Massive white objects and huge triangular craft seen in the skies above. Triangular again. Berkshire then. Berkshire. I read it how it's written, Mike. You know that. Huge white objects and a V-shaped craft with some of the strange items seen in the skies above Berkshire in 2020. The Northwest UFO Research and Investigation Group has provided new statistics which are the southeast is one of the country's hotspots for UFO sightings. There were nine sightings in Berkshire over the course of 2020, which puts it in third of the southeast countries in number of sightings. Although there's been 15 sightings in Hampshire and 17 in Kent. However, the sightings in Berkshire are quite spectacular. One person in Wokingham reported they had seen a white-coloured object about 500 feet in the area, just hovering over the houses. It's got a bit of moon on it. Probably. <laughs> Another person said they saw a bright object which lasted to a short period of time before disappearing in the skies above Reading in April. Again, probably the moon. Then on August 18th, there was another sighting in Reading. Perhaps invoking the classic sci-fi movie Independence Day, a huge triangular craft 
was spotted in the sky. Well, why Independence Day they were circular, weren't they? They weren't triangular. Yeah, but it's just like it was huge. Oh, okay. 22 reports in March last year alone. However, these can be attributed to the launch of Elon Musk's SpaceX Starlink satellites, which were very visible in March and April. There we go, copy that. And this did apparently lead to a big jump in UFO mm. sightings in the UK. The sightings in Berkshire contribute to a total of 484 reports of UFOs in Britain in 2020. Who do they report them to then? Police, I guess. Mm. Because you can't just, I suppose you can't just ring up the MOD. Hello, Ministry of Defence. <laughs> I've seen something in the sky. Well, we'll be back right there, and then the, the men in black are there, and a flashy thing in you. So do you think they put you through to someone that's going to take you seriously, and not going to be like, yeah, right, and mate? In the past, I'm probably thinking definitely someone who's not going to take it seriously, but recently, I'm thinking maybe not. They're starting to take it a bit more seriously now, aren't they? They are. I also think that it would... If you were the only person that saw it, they'll say, yeah, yeah, we'll come out and take a statement and never show up. If they get multiple reports, I think they're more likely to follow up on that. Mm-hmm. So if you've got multiple witnesses, then I think that that's something that would have to be investigated because mm. that's the potential threat to national security, isn't it? Yeah. So, like the Cosford one, I think is one of the, again, one of the strongest ones because us and a lot of people are seeing stuff in the sky over Britain that night and there was one hovering over a military base. All right, a very low-level military base that we know of, mm-hmm. that it's low-level. Mm-hmm. Could be a storage base for nukes for all we know. They're going to tell us, aren't they? Mm-hmm. By the way, most of Britain's nuclear stockpile is stored at Cosford near Telfish. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're going to get taken out in the first strike then, aren't we? Of course. I've never understood this. It's illogical to say that Nuclear weapons keeps us safe. Makes us a target, doesn't it? Yeah. It's an all mutually assured destruction thing, isn't it? Oh, no, it's ridiculous. But do listen to uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. There's a great episode on this. The nuclear, the nuclear poker game, basically, from mm. 1945 up to the end of the Cold War. What's well, still going on now? It's, really. it's, a, it's a six-hour podcast. It's looking phenomenal. I think it's still free, because he, he has a lot of stuff behind his paywall now. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, do listen to that. That explains it a lot. It's great. Yeah, right. they have to live with a four-minute warning, don't they? Yeah. You yeah. have a four-minute warning when Russia launches the nukes. That's what just a Britain. What can you do in four minutes? You, oh. you can put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> so you can do. Try and suck your own dick. You can't even follow the, the government's advice, which is ridiculous anyway, which is to take a door off the hinges lean up against the wall, collect loads of bags of soil, put the soil against the door. Yeah, I know, yeah. four minutes. What? Well, presumably, you'd be under, like, red alert, you'd be under direct threat of nuclear attack, so you'd have that stuff to hand. You'd have made it before, wouldn't you? Because you, you... Unless there's, like, an initial first strike, just out of nowhere, mm. surely tensions have been building, mm. and you're like, maybe I should get that shelter ready. Yeah, but then you'd look all right, Dick, didn't you? Yeah, you do, but at the same time, you've got to show No one's going to do that. No one's going to do that. No, 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 I'm not going to do it because I'm too fucking lazy to bag up like 20 bin bags full of topsoil and make a fucking safe room. But someone will, and that person will be able to fly the Union flag proudly on their bit of scorched earth for Queen and Country, my friend. And is it that's going to save you anyway? No, it's not. Not if the windows get blown in, you're fucked. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you don't set up your door by the window, do you? You've got to set up your own room, haven't you? Yeah, so if I, all right, in this room, the window is behind me right now. I'm not going to set up the, I'm going to set the thing up over there. It doesn't matter, does it? Because the unique radius is going to get into the window once the wind is blowing in. Well, that's true, oh, yeah. The only way to do it in my flat. You make it underneath, hmm? you, you know, if you're building yourself a shelter, you'd have to dig it underground, wouldn't you? Well, I know, yeah, but you've got four minutes, what are you going to do? I don't know, I'm not, you know, I'm talking about preparing. Well, in Switzerland, every new house since the 1950s is built with its own nuclear bunker. Yeah. You can't build a house without having a bunker underneath. Well, a nuclear bunker. Yeah, that's a, a government which cares for its citizens' well-being. And also remember that every single person in the Swiss nation is a member yeah. of the Swiss Armed Forces or has undergone military training at some point. So they literally have assault rifles at home locked up. Yeah. They, so if they ever get the call... They... And this is Switzerland, the country's been neutral yeah. in all the wars. They yeah. could take over, couldn't they? Think about it, they've got no nuclear weapons themselves. No, no. They always stay neutral, yet they still deem it necessary to put nuclear bunkers under the houses. And equip every member of its population with assault rifle yeah. and ammunition and uniform and military training. But whereas our country have got nukes, we're a target, they've got nothing. Nothing. Well, nukes only work against other people with nukes, don't they? The elites have got bunkers, we've got nothing. When we did the Threads episode, I went down this massive rabbit hole of where's my nearest nuclear bunker. If uh, It got into my head. So I sent a Freedom of Information request to South Rican Council asking where is there are, are there any civilian shelters, and there are not. What? There are none in Telford, where we live. And we've got a military base and an RAF base. In our town. And there's not even some there, no? They'd have shelters well, there. Well, yeah, for the military personnel, top military brass. Oh, the, the, all the troops would be down there. Oh, if, you, if you were on base, you're on alert, you'd all be in uniform oh, and kit. That's true. And as soon as that launch, because you need the soldiers to yeah, control shit, don't true, you? So yeah. If you're in the armed forces, you're, you're going to be, unless you're in the middle of the blast zone, you're going to be in a bunker. Yeah. Well, civilians, nothing. Nothing in the area. Nope. No way to sacrifice us all. Pub seller it is then. <laughs> uh, you know what, the pub seller is actually perfect. As long as you get enough salted snacks down there, you'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah, as long as it's sealed off. It's really early be... on Dorley High Street, isn't it? You're going to have to be in there for two years, remember? Alright then, okay, the co-op as well. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, the last one, and the most convincing. Basically, there's this photo. Right, and it's been destroyed. So it's a top secret colour photographs said to show a flying saucer with the Scottish Highlands in August 1990, the Calvine incident. It was set to be released in the new year. However, they have been now blocked for further 50 years. <laughs> in other words, even if they've got the copies of it, they're locked up and they're never yeah. released. Nick Pope, who previously ran the UFO project for the MOD, tells the inside story. In the Ministry of Defence office, which served as the nerve centre of the UK's UFO project, what me try saying that, we had something very similar, but our picture was real. Most photos are obviously, you know, fakes, blurry, indistinct, a vague light in the sky. This thing, it's in broad daylight. It is up close and personal. And it showed a large diamond-shaped craft, and there is literally a fucking Harrier Jumpjet hovering in the air, facing this fucking thing. 
Who took the photo? Some walkers. And they sent it in? Yeah, they sent it to the press. They sent it to the press? Originally they sent it to the press, the MOD then confiscated everything. Before it was released in the papers? Yeah. Okay. Mm. That's dodgy, isn't it? That is dodgy. So two men had been out hiking near Calvin in Scotland. Suddenly they'd seen this massive UFO hang in the sky above their heads, silent, motionless and menacing. Awestruck, they shot off six photographs for the object accelerated away at immense speed vertically. The shell-shot witnesses sent the photos to a Scottish newspaper and a journalist contacted the MOD press conference looking for a comment. Somehow, perhaps using a D-notice or some sort of real-life men-in-black trickery, someone at the MOD managed to extract all the photos and the negatives from the newspaper who never got them back. The MOD technical wizards leapt into action. The images were enlarged and analysed using the full resources and capabilities of intelligence community specialists. Even now, after all these years, he still really can't discuss the details. It's Nick Pope. It was unlike any conventional aircraft, nearly 100 feet in diameter. The photos hadn't been faked and it was pretty much sensational. And they've seen it. They've seen it. A handful of people have. Yeah. They had a copy hanging on the wall at one point. Huh. Uh, because the photos had been taken in daylight, with the surrounding countryside visible, the MOD boffins could make some calculations about the mystery object turned out to be nearly 100 feet in diameter. An enlargement of the photos revealed two military jets in the background. It wasn't clear if they were escorting the UFO, trying to intercept it, or whether their presence was coincidental and the pilots had been too far away to see it. 100 feet? Too far away to see it? Yeah, going at 700 miles an hour. I don't think it was coincidental. You're going at 700... It's 100 feet. You still got pretty fast. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Unless you're... Actually, they should have picked it up on the radar. Yeah, it's 100 feet. They probably have, but that, that's been, you know, buried as well. Yeah. If Come and, like, you know, nicked all the this sort of shit. That. You know, raises my fucking, you know. Does it make you want to hop off the fence? Yeah, of course it does. Oh, fantastic. It's a cover-up, isn't it? Yeah. It's a cover-up of some sort. I want to stop the public from seeing something. So this is, yeah. So Nick Pope's predecessor had undertaken the investigation and he was staggered to learn that it hadn't been proved possible to trace the aircraft. It was uh, unprecedented suggesting that someone inside the MOD had sabotaged the investigation and blocked the UFO project from getting to the truth. Dark forces were at work. <laughs> we can quote from Nick Pope, we consistently played down the true level of our interest in UFOs, while all the time behind closed doors we struggled to make sense of cases like the Calvine incident. Mm. MOD standard line on UFOs is that the phenomenon is of no defence significance. I'm meaning really? it's Whitehall soundbite that meant whatever we wanted it to mean. Yeah. At best it's misleading, at worst it's a lie. We consistently played it down, as he says, despite an extensive investigation, we never found a definitive explanation for what was seen at Calvin. Now listen, go and Google the image because it's fucking ace, you will find it. What, which one is it? It's that, that, one. that one there at the top. Well, I thought you said it was the straw house in it, yeah, sir? Yeah, that's the, that's the artist impression, oh. that's in the photo. 
But that's pretty much uh, okay. what gotcha. was there. So that that's a Harrier. Yeah. yeah. And that I is something and craft. Mm. And it's just it's probably flying at that point, or is it just the fact they came up on it really quick? How big is a Harrier jet? Well, if you think that's a hundred feet across, you're probably looking at Harriers, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 feet, 30 feet maybe? But it's, it's at least two thirds as big as the jet and wider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, down zone. But that's not the real photo. Cause that's not the real photo, that's an artist's impression. <clears throat> the real photo was destroyed, but. Mm. Or what? Certainly <laughs> impounded. I mean, the fact they seized the negatives and never gave them back. Mm. Those photos would cause wonderment, but they could cause controversy too. One time they nearly caused a diplomatic incident which threatened to unravel the UK's special relationship with the United States. Special relationship? We're just a fucking lapdog. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the special relationship. There's only one time we were vaguely vaguely equal on the world stage, and sadly that was... 1776? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it was in the 80s. Um, it was probably after, straight after the Falklands and Thatcher was riding high and we'd just gone and fought a major war and won. No, come And the Americans on. said it was impossible. Yeah, it's true. Because the Americans had done nothing. They got their asses kicked in Vietnam. We'd just gone across the globe, fought a war, won it, mm-hmm. without using nuclear weapons or overwhelming nuclear numbers of troops. But it was Argentine's conscripts. Doesn't matter. The, the Americans highly rated the Argentinians and so the most effective fighting force in South America. That doesn't take a lot. Well, no, but you know, still. Wasn't it an easy thing? 12,000 miles away. Mm. I don't know. End of a very tenuous supply line. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. They really put the shuffles up the uh, world rankings, I did. So did the uh, win over Argentina in the World Cup with that David Beckham penalty. Hey. <laughs> So this one is, is definitely, I think might be enough to get Mike off a fence. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's definitely fishy up here, isn't it? It's too suspicious, yeah. isn't it? What's surrounding it? I love the fact the jet shot shadow in it. Mm-hmm. That's ace. It's like, oh, we know you're here, big boy. And Do you reckon like, there's like a whole vault of dead good photographs of alien <laughs> yeah, craft. We always get the fucking blurred shit that they release to us. Yeah. We can't see shit. They've got the pristine ones locked away. And yeah. The, the ones that have literally got aliens shaking hands yeah. with people and stuff like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I do. I reckon there is. I, I think they've got like pictures from like these jets of, you know, just clearer pictures. I, I don't think we know what they are yet. I don't think we're in like cahoots with them or no, anything like that. that. And I think they're trying to get as much information. I think they know they... more than they've given us because yeah. since the Free Fighters in World War Two, we've seen these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's it, isn't it? Something's something's in the skies. Something's up there. Something's happening. Mm, interesting. And so those are my my top few uh, UFO UK sightings. Listener, we will uh, continue this next, uh, well, when it's my pick in a couple of weeks. It's going to be the Welsh Roswell next. Mm-hmm. Okie doke. Right. Obviously, they, by including that one, the listener will figure out what, what the third part of what it is. I won't tell you just yet. Okay, so let's finish on some fucked up facts. Team tune, please. Facts, facts, facts fucked up facts, facts, facts. facts. facts.
Uh. <laughs> Hakal is a traditional Icelandic dish of fermented shark. <laughs> the meat is poisonous if eaten fresh and takes months to prepare due to its high urea content. Urea? Urine? Yeah. yeah. Ainsley Harriet described it, eating it as like chewing a urea infested mattress. Oh! <laughs> So if you go to Finland, don't have the shark. <laughs> I'll bear that in mind. Yeah, if I want to eat piss-soaked mattress, I'll just come and eat Mike's bed. Hey. <laughs> I hope I get that first. In 1993, Sky and Telescope magazine held a contest to replace the term Big Bang. Yeah. What was the, what was the what were the options and um, well you could just submit your yeah name. submit the entry yeah there was thirteen thousand of them yeah some of them included Buddha's burp yeah it's not bad Hubble bubble oh, nah metamorphosis nah Bertha D universe yeah not bad and doink doink. Oh. Doink. Oh, like yeah. the clone wrestler. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Doink. Let's name the, let's name the Big Bang after Doink the clone. <laughs> the judges decided that nothing was better than Big Bang and they kept it. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair point, yeah. Big Bang is pretty good. Not the show. That's terrible. But, oh, you know. That Friends is not a laugh track. No, Friends was filming from a live audience. Yeah, well, they got jugglers and circus performers in to entertain them beforehand so they'd be in a good mood. Yeah, yeah, they all do that, don't they? Ah, I'm sorry, they pioneered it. That's why comedy's got worse. <laughs> I used to watch Friends, it was alright back in the day. No, you used to do that to wank over Jennifer Aniston. We only had the four or five channels, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scientists have created a mini black hole in the lab. Ooh. Don't do that. And prove that Stephen Hawking was right when he theorised that a black hole would spontaneously emit light. That's great, but don't create black yeah. holes in labs because that would suck everything. That's why everything's so fucked. They created that, we got sucked into a parallel universe. <laughs> so we ended up with Trump, Boris and Brexit. <laughs> To clean out sea turtles after oil spills, rescuers feed them mayonnaise. What do you mean to clean them out? To give them the shit, doesn't oh. <laughs> So the poor turtles are like, oh man, this is fucking amazing. They're just eating mayonnaise with a spoon. This is fucking great. And then like, they wake up in the middle of the night just violently shitting. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Can't you just give them medicine? I guess it works the best. How do they get to that conclusion? I have no yeah, idea. If you are a turtle and you're listening, <laughs> then don't, don't eat mayonnaise. Unless you're an oil slick, then eat mayonnaise because it'll help you. All right then, eat the mayonnaise. Don't eat it any other time. I don't know any turtles listen, to be honest. In 2015, a flight from Sydney to Kuala Lumpur had to be diverted after the 2,186 sheep on board Farted so much that the plane's smoke sensors went off. How <laughs> <laughs> many sheep? Over 2,000 sheep. On oh, a plane? Yeah. Fuck me. I always feel like cattle when I'm hurling <laughs> onto Ryanair. <laughs> you know, 
Three abreast in a plane? Them poor bastards. Two thousand. Wow. Oh, imagine the stench. Oh. The first native English speaker to teach English in Japan was named Ranald MacDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mac, please, mate. <laughs> In remote parts of Australia, there are no lighted airships to guide pilots of Royal Flying Doctor Service for night landings. So when such airstrips went out of flares, they put 30 loo rolls along the edges of the airstrip and set them on fire. <laughs> Oh, Flying Doctors, that's a daytime TV it show. Yeah. It's, it used to be, it was on re fairly recently because I was, I was on nights and uh, it was on pre-Covid because I was on nights and it was always on ITV about, on Channel 3, about mm. like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was Flying Doctors or certainly on one of the ITV mm. channels. It's no heli vets. Heli-Vets! Heli-Vets! Are you telling me there's a show where vets go animals via helicopter and I didn't know about it? There is on the, um, what was it called? Mitchell... Um, oh yeah, Mitchell and Webler! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heli-Vets. I've watched Heli-Vets, so do bear. <laughs> People sleep better in countries with more gender equality. Nah, that's bollocks. Well, I guess in the women's sleep better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is that, I suppose. Yeah, maybe. If you publish a book in Norway, the government will buy a thousand copies and distribute them to libraries around the country. Oh, that's nice. That's good. I'm going to publish a book in Norway yeah. now. Constantly ring them up saying, anyone loan my book out? And the answer will be no. No, they haven't, it's shit. <laughs> Despite the reputation, the French eat less cheese per person than the Danes, Finns and Icelanders. And I, I probably eat more cheese than the French. Mm. Just on my own. Uh, <laughs> I love cheese. I do love cheese. And I'll be a tyromancer, <laughs> which is a cheese magician. Ooh. You make it disappear. <laughs> no, there's genuinely there's this magic with a K. Yeah. You know, there's a, an art in necromancy, blah, blah, blah. There's tyromancy, which is cheese magic, magic with a K. Mm. You do rituals with involving cheese. Mm. We'll do an episode of it one day. Tyromancy. Mm. Alright, last one. Okay. Baby vampire bats are sometimes adopted by the mother's best friend if the mother dies. Ah, That's ending the show on a nice mm. note for once, instead of the horrible pain and murder and death we usually end on. Well, it does mean that the baby vampires are just going to go and suck blood. Yeah, well, they're going to kill people, though. No. Unless, well, unless they, unless they all the drink diseases. together on the, same, on the same person. I thought they went for animals, legs and, you know, and such. Yeah, I, I imagine that they'd probably go for a sleeping human. Mm. Let's see why not. I don't think they do. I don't and know. Then, I have no idea, to be honest. I want him over vampires. We, we, they've got to be invited in. Uh, you know? Very good. And on that note, let's end the show. So I've been Ben. Thanks for listening to the, the episode. Don't think the flavour aid. Don't join a cult. Have a good one. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire. Keep an open mind, but not so open that it's spilled like this, guys.